some dumb weeb shit podcast, the podcast where we semi-ironically cover anime series from start to finish, you know, various different games, maybe a manga or a kinetic novel thrown in here or there for some spice and some other dumb weeb shit. Uh, my name is Carly. I'm here with my co-host, Aaron. What's up? That's Aaron. I guess to give you a little bit of information about ourselves and why you should... I guess take us as an authority <laughs> on this dumb weeb shit. So I have been into anime for, God, um, I want to say like 17 years now. <laughs> what was the first anime you watched knowing it was anime? Knowing it was anime? Um, probably Inuyasha, I would say that. Uh, I, I think the first anime that I ever saw was probably Pokemon. I think everybody yeah. in our age range in like the, I don't know, 20 to 30s range can say 90s that- 90s kids. Yeah, 90s kids can say that that was probably their first anime. But the one where it really clicked with me, like, oh, this is a genre, was Inuyasha. And mm -hmm. it was airing on Adult Swim back when they did their, I don't know if they are even, I don't have cable. <laughs> is Adult Swim still a thing? Adult Swim is still a thing and so is Toonami. Okay, so they still have their anime block. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was it was Inuyasha. I got super hooked on the terrible dub, and it destroyed my life. And now, 17 years later, I am the proud owner of a useless Japanese bachelor's degree. And it's, I don't know, it's been a love story ever since. Yep. We met in college Japanese classes. Yep, Japanese, what was it, 110, I think? 111, was, I think. 111. The first level. Yeah. And I stuck with it. You made the right decision and wanted, pursued something that could make you money. I wanted to graduate on time, so I had to stop taking the classes. It was the saddest moment of my life. But yeah, that's that's really where it started. I would say that um, primarily I am interested in comedies. I also like horror and psychological animes. And I really, really enjoy... Um, dating sims and things of that nature and honestly like I think the more fucked up it is the more drawn I am to the thing and quality is not a barrier mm -hmm. so that's a little bit about me Aaron. I think the first anime that I ever watched knowing it was anime was Lucky Star. I was out with good choice uh, I think my dad and some family friends and we went to some kind of store and I saw a magazine that had Gurren Lagann on the cover, and I uh, begged for it. And inside, it had <laughs> just instinctively, you knew. In uh, inside, it had like a whole bunch of synopses of then recent shows like Gurren Lagann and Lucky Star. So obviously, this was somewhere in the ballpark of like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Mm -hmm. I had a similar uh, reaction to the first time I ever saw a Shonen Jump, and it became like. My, my my gateway to manga. Well, this this magazine, it was just like a one-off. It wasn't part of... It wasn't serialized. Okay. I, I don't even remember what it was called because I don't have it anymore. Nor do I have all the posters that I ripped out of it, which oh, makes no. me really sad. I collect figures. Which I'm very jealous of your budding collection. <laughs> I've got... What does that look like? Maybe 20-ish? It's close to that, yeah. If you count all the little... Uh, the Nendos. Yeah, in the ballpark of 20 figures. What I am the most drawn to is, uh, I would describe as girly shit. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I really like dating sims in theory, but rarely have the patience to actually sit down and play through one. Right. In general, I play games pretty sparingly, despite the fact that, in theory, I like them a lot. I just have um, struggles with executive fun function and attention span. <laughs> <laughs> Limited patience. Um, I, I can't remember who I was listening to said this, I believe it's it's actually a YouTuber named Icy Mike, and he it was on just some random stream of his, but he was saying, he was complaining about how he used to be really into anime and manga when he was younger, but as he got older and got more busy, he realized just how long it takes to get to the point of the story, yep. which can be a, a, a barrier to entry, I think, for some people. Mm -hmm. And with anime, I think for most series, especially ones with an overarching plot as opposed to like a joke-based comedy series is a lot of the time every episode doesn't have its own point mm -hmm. so you have to wait for the point of the whole show right <laughs> so I, that's a little bit about us i guess and and sort of what you're looking at we have very uh, 
very diametrically opposing tastes in media, which I think could make this really interesting. But there is like a Venn diagram overlap of shows that we both enjoy. Yeah, I would say that as different as our tastes are, I think you're the only person who really understands my taste. Like, if you, if you see Same something... If you see something and think Aaron would like this, I, you're probably correct more than anyone else in my life. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I want to say flattered. Yeah, I, the only other person who we may be able to get him on the show, uh, if our time zones a lot for it, would be um, my good friend Lyric, who I studied abroad with in Japan about three years ago. He's currently living there now. But yeah, he also... I would say has similar tastes, probably more so to me than to you, but mm -hmm. um, that's really the only other person I know who actively watches anime in my social circle. I've always described my my taste in all media is like one of, you know how you'll have that triangle and it's like pick two. Right. The three points of my triangle are concept, aesthetic, and execution. Okay. And it only has to be two of those things. Yep. I, I That's think... why a lot of my favorite shows are what might be called not good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can relate really hard to that, I, especially because this this is also reflected in like my taste in movies. Really, it it just has to, at the bare minimum, if nothing else, make me laugh or make me cringe. Those two reactions, if you can get to, or ideally both, but if you can get me to either points on that spectrum, you have my attention. So our idea for this podcast really was that the, the basic structure that we've come up with is that we were going to pick a series and go through it episode by episode, probably covering multiple episodes per podcast just for uh, expediency. Mm -hmm. That's a fun word. Because again, sometimes not every episode has a point. Right. You can have a four-part beach episode where really nothing happens. And we were going to give our thoughts, maybe pick our favorite characters, summarize maybe at the end of the series how we felt about it and what we think that was done well, what could have been done better, what could have made us enjoy the, the show even more than we did. We'll write letters to the manager of anime with our constructive yes, criticism. Yes, dear Mr. Anime, I would like to make a complaint. And this idea was born because even though we are both rocketing towards our 30s we still have slumber parties where we stay up till four in the morning and we binge watch anime and we talk about it and we have some really good discussions i think and hopefully you think so as well if um, nothing else um i can listen back to our discussions which is something that i really like to do so right i'm doing this for a selfish reason even if it doesn't take <laughs> off <laughs> <laughs> we can still we can cross the line from being real friends to also being each other's pretend friends in the podcast realm. So the show that we wanted to start with is one that neither of us are super familiar with. You've seen one episode of it. I've seen maybe two or three the year that it came out, which was uh, 2013. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long. That was, I think, about when I started trying to watch new anime season by season. Because that was freshman year for me of college, and I remember you were going through like this big. At the time, you were being pretty diligent about your your mm -hmm. anime. I remember. Yeah, I had on my Google Calendar. I had the day that each series had a new episode. I'm a binge watcher. I'm much more sporadic. I can't do. I, I have a hard time doing weekly. I have to like watch it all at once. It depends on the show for me. But as for the show that we're going to be watching today, it is called Brothers Conflict, aka Brocon. And even the name in Japanese is just Brothers <laughs> Conflict, but in katakana, so spelled out phonetically. Brothers Conflict began as a novel series by Atsuko Kanase. Which, by the way, we have never read and are not going to read. No, no, the, the research into this is going to be really sparse for now. Maybe in the future we'll get a little bit more of a deep dive, but this was kind of more of a whim. I have a lot of deep dives into the background of shows that I care about. Right. Uh, this paragraph you paraphrased from Wikipedia. I did. <laughs> yes, this is true. It was written by Kanase and Takeshi Mizuno and illustrated by Udajo. And if I, I, Aaron has informed me because I'm not really big into mangas so much anymore especially not since high school most illustrators just go by pen names so even if you go to udajo's website there's not like a whole lot of personal information about them on that website um but the show has been adapted into or the series the novel series was adapted into multiple games manga as well as the 12 part anime which um, is the only thing that we're gonna look at yes that's the exciting part there is apparently a episode 13 which is a special 
which but there always is especially yeah. in 2013 oh yeah I'm, I'm assuming it's probably a christmas special i haven't I, looked into it i think 2013 was probably around like peak overpriced overpriced blu-rays for special <laughs> it did come episodes. out on blu-ray like pretty soon after so it's animated by brain base and which is the studio that made a lot of shows that i really yes liked. Uh, shows like Do Ra Ra Ra, Princess Jellyfish, Bacano, a lot of shows that I have not seen. Several of which we probably will, especially, I'm determined to make you watch Do Ra Ra Ra, even if we don't cover it on here. Mawadu Penguin Drum, too. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those. I know you've talked a lot about Do Ra Ra Ra, but the closest I've come to exposure to it is when I changed one of my nicknames to Do Ra Ra Rasputin, and I felt really proud of myself for that one. <laughs> Uh, so I guess that really sums up our intro. We're gonna go and we're gonna watch some anime. And then we'll go come back and we'll talk about some dumb weep shit. All right. See you then. Bye. I always thought I was a brother. I want to meet you, but... But I'm going to meet you now. Alright, and we are back. We're back. The magic of an audio medium. Wow, we're off to a great start. <laughs> If it wasn't going to be you, it was going to be me. I was really worried about it, actually, when we first started. So we watched the first two episodes of Brocon. Of Brothers Conflict. That didn't take long. Oh. Aaron's lovely cat, Roxy, is demanding entrance. Do you see how she does this? Like, I've broken her foot by closing the door. <laughs> She's so delicate. So I guess we'll run down the episodes from top to bottom. Uh, we watched two of them. Yeah, one one of them was a, the first one was a rewatch for me. I think both were a rewatch for you. Yeah, because I watched it with you like three weeks ago, and then I had watched it seven years ago. <laughs> seven years ago. Yeah, when we watched it, I think we both instantly were like, yeah, this has got to, this has got to be the one. So it starts out with a cold open, and the cold open is, I believe, three it starts out with two, and then it, well, two of the brothers. Yeah, and then the second episode started with the same thing, but it was three of them, three and of they them. were different ones. Multiple boys. I think it's just how they draw your focus to which boys are going to be the focus of that episode. Yeah. Professing their love mm -hmm. for their sister. And then she goes, because that's what we are, siblings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. And it immediately launches into the intro song, which... In my opinion, kind of slaps. It's okay. It's uh, wrong, but all right. <laughs> Apparently, I have a lot of wrong opinions about this show. <laughs> I, it's okay. I'm sure you could say the same for me. Um, and I'm, I was immediately struck watching the intro with, oh, fuck, there's like a thousand of them. <laughs> this, is, this is not just a reverse harem. This is crossed over into too many boys, the genre. Yeah, real quick. I feel like that's sort of a feature with like, reverse harems as opposed to just harem shows where it's one guy and a bunch of girls yeah i feel like there tend to be not quite as many girls yeah i mean i don't i don't know because you get and I, this is just me talking out of my ass because i did not watch this show and i really don't have a ton of familiarity with it but i i see things like fruits baskets and i think there's about a billion girls in that one, isn't there? Or like Love Hina. I thought Fruits Basket was about the girl and it's like a love triangle. It's I haven't no seen it idea. either. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of Love Hina. Um, one of the like, I remember one of the older ones that I was familiar familiar with. You might be right though, where there's usually like three or four girls and they, they make more of an effort to get you to get to know the girls on like an individual level. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like maybe these, I almost feel like these too many boy shows are trying to push as much merch as possible mm -hmm. so they give you a smorgasbord of boys yeah <laughs> to push figures really brothers conflict feels like i'm watching like somebody's portfolio of character designs yeah yeah i could i could see that they're all color-coded which is important when sort you have of. sort of there we got a couple repeats in there in terms of hair colors but it, it which is odd that there's only a couple because they're supposed to all be related yeah <laughs> Well, none of them have any sort of unifying 
characteristic. That it really doesn't feel like they're brothers at all. It really just feels like it's a bunch of like roommates. Because I think we're not supposed to think about the fact that they're all brothers. We're supposed no. to think about the fact that she is their sister. And, and not they acknowledge. All, they all want to bang her. It's really, it's it's the boy band song school of thought. Yeah. It's like every One Direction song or every End Street, End Street, wow, I'm combining <laughs> boy bands. Every End Street song where it's, it's five or six boys and they're all running on the beach chasing down some girl as a mob. But we're not supposed to understand this as terrifying. We're supposed to see this as romantic because she gets her pick of them all and they work as a hive mind of boy. I guess the way I always thought of it is it's like the boys like in boy pants kind of congeal <laughs> into like this singular chorus of synthy auto-tuned angels. <laughs> <laughs> it's a concept of love. It's not necessarily like, but I, but I don't know because they, they also fulfill an archetype, which is sort of what we get in these too many boy shows. Yeah, but I guess with boy bands, you get to, because they're all singing at once, you can just like single out the voice of your preferred type. (laughs) If you're lucky, one of them's the rapper. (laughs) Whereas here, it's, we have to, we have to cut between boys very quickly to make sure they all get some screen time. And when you get a huge cast like this, there, there becomes, and especially with such a short running show, there's less and less of a chance that you get to get to know each character individually. Yeah, all of this to say, we watched two episodes, I think I know maybe two names. I don't know any of their names. Oh no, I know Subaru because it's the, (laughs) it's because of reasons. Uh, And then Louie. Oh yeah, because he's the only one that doesn't have a Japanese name, which is okay. reasons. Okay, sure. Oh, and Futo, the pop star. I know three names. Okay, I didn't know Futo. I just knew he was the Sundere one. He's the bitchy one. Yeah, he's the bitchy one. He's the only one that is outwardly antagonistic towards our cardboard cutout that we're supposed to be projecting ourselves onto. Yeah, like he tripped and fell out of Diabolique Lovers and landed in some pastel paint on the way. <laughs> So, so our show kind of, op- it opens up with um, our main character, Chi, which I had to point out to you was the name of the first anime OC I ever made. <laughs> so that made me happy. To me, it's just, uh, I think the girl from Chobits was named Chi, but I haven't seen that either. I think you're right. Yeah. So Chi is on her way to her new home because her father has married a woman who has 8 billion children. And they all live in a hotel together. The ending theme song is called 14 to 1. Yes. And and so she's on her way to move into this house and meet all of her brothers for the first time because, as we all know, the best way to blend families is to throw them together like dice in a Yahtzee jar. Yeah, and make sure that there is no parental... parental authority involved at all. Yes, because both parents are on vacation. It sounds like like a honeymoon. Business vacation. A business vacation at the business factory. He's not around. Yeah. (laughs) And that's sort of the running theme. The only bit of character building that we get with Chi, which is fairly generous. Well, I guess I my instinct is to compare everything to Utapri because that is the the penultimate too many boy show. We'll get to Utapri someday. It's so good. But But you can't do that. (laughs) <laughs> You're gonna damn every other show we watch. <laughs> it's too late. But she's only a bit of character building is that her mother is dead and her father was not around much. So she essentially raised herself and her only friend is her pet squirrel, Julie. And she seems to be able to understand Julie, but nobody else can understand Julie when she talks. He talks. I don't know. Indeterminate gender squirrel. Best character in the show. Eh. Which <laughs> we're split on the squirrel. Typically, I do, I really don't like those the um the companion characters. I guess you could say mm-hmm. I hated the robots and Ghost in the Shell. I hate most talking animal characters because they give them such shrill voices. And like Julie's not really an exception, but I feel like Julie is the only character in the show. Who even, like, has some vague idea that this whole situation is fucked up and weird. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So, uh, so Julie Points for me. self-awareness, I guess. Yeah, I also wish that I was better at crocheting so I could crochet a little Julie, because they are really cute. And they meet up in front of the house, and there's... There are two normal ones. Yeah, there's... Or a normal one and a child. Yeah, don't know which normal one it was, but then there's the child character, and I was immediately put off. <laughs> because I 
do not want anything involving children in this pseudo incest love story. But there, there he was. I doubt it's gonna go there. No, it's probably not. But it's just the, the fact that this show is so sexual and not even like suggestive. It's just like right out the gate. The, in the first episode, especially the second episode, I felt like was a lot tamer. Up until the end, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just the the it it made me feel weird, and I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I wrote in my notes, "Oh no, a child." <laughs> but yeah, they really dive right in with the horning on your sister. Yeah, because the first brother that she 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 enters into the house and then seemingly teleports from <laughs> from the bottom floor to like the fifth floor. And just stands there with her arms at her side, waiting well, to be greeted. While the squirrel exposits about each of the boys that are in the house at the moment. Yes, the squirrel seems to have the rundown on each boy. And that's how we get a lot of our exposition. He's been briefed. He's been briefed. I don't know why he has and she hasn't. But... I don't know. They didn't They didn't think that was pertinent information. I also get the feeling that Chi did not gain sentience until she was on that train heading to destination so okay. maybe the rest of it is just all kind of a blur for her there's a theory yeah that's my theory I'm, I'm gonna come up with a lot of running theories just to kind of bridge the gaps here so how's this for theorizing we are two episodes in do you think there will be a winner no no i do not do you think there will be even an implied winner i think that it is going to be very similar to a lot of other shows of this nature where they don't want to wait one character too heavily in, in front of another. If there was multiple series, like multiple seasons of this show, I would say they would probably pick one to sort of focus on above the rest where it's like, yeah, you can like this character, but really we want you to be rooting for this other character. Yeah, think, And then the next season it'll change. Have you ever seen Clanid? No. Clanid is like the pinnacle of that where it's most of the first season is a harem show, but about like halfway to a third of the way through, it singles in on this one girl. Like they go steady, they get married, they have a child. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh well. <laughs> I guess we don't know which girl it is. I mean, I say that because I doubt you're ever going to be interested in it. Probably not. It's very like feelingsy. Yeah. It's usually categorized as cry porn. Nah, pass. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's my my theory is that especially with a twelve episode um, runtime, I th I really don't think they're gonna go too too much in favor of one boy versus the other, and I I think the way they're gonna get around the episode restriction is they're gonna treat the twins as one character, and the child is not gonna come into play, so that's how they'll get their twelve episodes. Mm -hmm. And I guess the thing that strikes me as interesting is this series is based on a novel series. It's not based on an otome game where every every boy has a route that exists in a parallel continuity. Mm -hmm. So how does this play out in the books that we're never going to read? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. That's, that's going to be a problem. Do they just do this back and forth forever? Maybe that's something that I should look into in the meanwhile and just see if there's a, there's some sort of resolution that we're led to. But I really don't think so. My, my guess is that we're going to get a lot of will they, won't they, and a lot of fan service type material, clearly. But I think at the end, it's gonna be maybe their parents are coming home and it's like i'm so glad that you guys were all able to get along i hope their parents just get divorced in the last episode yeah. <laughs> and she moves out of the house and it's like it never happened yeah so so she she goes and she stands at attention and just kind of waits in a room alone until she's greeted by yeah, she just kind of t-poses there in front of the elevator yeah. <laughs> until the first brother comes in and she is immediately sexually assaulted <laughs> that's the uh the silver twin right one of yeah the silver twin not the only silver haired boy but the silver twin yeah we quickly realized that these characters are mostly indistinguishable from one another so we yeah. started kind of distinguishing based on um profession and i guess relation to one another like yeah. in the case of the twins and he he gloms onto her and is getting real weird with it and then we're introduced to the second twin when he punches the silver-haired boy in the face, which was pretty satisfying. And I named him best boy of the episode. Okay, so, segue. Who is best boy? Ooh, okay. Out of the two episodes we've watched? Yes. 
We'll save that for the end. Okay. We'll both go over our best boy and our worst boy, and you know who my worst boy is. <laughs> because, uh... We can't save that for the end, because you're going to rant about it for oh, like yeah. 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. We're introduced to a couple other boys. They all kind of just, like, come in spurts. Ha 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 ha. That's what she said. <laughs> and one of them is your obligatory character who has a pre-existing relationship with the protagonist, Chi, and that is Red-Haired Boy. Yeah, who I actually really like that relationship setup, even though it's pretty common in anime with incest undertones, which is in and of, in and of itself <laughs> fairly common. It's its own whole like genre. It's not even a subgenre. That's just its own. That's it's the trope at this point. But I can't, especially because usually we don't get to see it from the the receiver of the unrequited love. Right. Is, um, I've been in love with you for a really long time, and now we're siblings. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like all characters, at least in my opinion, my experience, my theory is that if this character who has a pre-existing relationship with the protagonist is introduced, they will be some form of ginger. And we get this in the form of the bright red hair. This only applies if the childhood friend slash classmate is a boy. Otherwise, it's orange. I've seen orange a lot for females. Yeah, but it's just as often like pink or blue or dark yeah, purple. Yeah, that's true. Definitely if it's a boy character, he's typically got the the fire engine red hair yeah because he's got to be the genki boy yeah 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 yeah. so he comes in he's not happy about it everybody else seems to take to the situation pretty well yeah nobody is that's that's what i mean when i'm like julie is the only one (laughs) who seems to acknowledge at all like the the circumstances that led them into this this arrangement they they more or less are just commenting on Wow, it's so great to have a big family. We are introduced to the horny monk character (laughs) who does not live in a monastery probably because he can't stop coming his pants. (laughs) So he just dresses like that at home. Yeah, yeah. He he basically LARPs as a Buddhist monk um, and he's really bad at it. And I'm the expert on Buddhism because I took one class on Buddhism in college. (laughs) And so I think that makes me an authority here. Of course. When I say uh, he's not following the 12 precepts. (laughs) And then they all just kind of sit awkwardly together and she almost dies. Mm -hmm. You had a name for it. Anime fainting syndrome. Anime fainting syndrome. That's where you collapse spontaneously with absolutely no other symptoms or pre-existing conditions. Yeah, she succumbs to her her deadly illness and then... thinking too hard of thinking too hard of moving that's what they said it was is she got sick because she moved houses oh and then she just passed out because she couldn't take it they take care of her yeah i mean she had all that luggage to unpack which it seems like they did it for her yeah the joke is my joke is that she didn't have any luggage yeah she was on a bus by herself (laughs) that's true yeah they shipped everything ahead yeah they take care of her she wakes up and the horny monk makes his move and there's a lot of commentary about them being siblings yeah. while he's trying to... He, like, bullies her into calling him Onichan. Yeah, that's real weird. <laughs> that's very Buddhist of you. Yes. And she completely no-sells it, which is something that I really appreciate about protagonists in these types of shows is the, the just whoosh over the head. This is fine. <laughs> I guess what I like about Chi is that her brand of no sell is sort of like vague skepticism. Yeah, it's not it's not like she doesn't acknowledge it, as we do with Utapri, the best anime. <laughs> we can't keep coming back to Utapri. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> we can't. We have to do a whole thing on it. But instead it's it really is just she's kind of in denial about the fact that these characters are very upfront with being sexually attracted to their new stepsister. Mm-hmm. She asks if he, you know, she says that he must be joking. He seems nice. This is fine. <laughs> he says something to the effect of, like, I don't want to make your fever worse. Um, he fucks off, which is a welcome. Yeah, and I don't think we see him again until, like, halfway through episode two. Yeah, thank God. Well, they have a whole roster of boys to get through. Yeah, that's kind of the other thing, is that when a boy is not on screen, he just sort of uh, vanishes off the face of the earth. Yeah, he disappears into the ether. (laughs) He's unloaded. (laughs) He's he's pulled back into existence when he's necessary, which is, like, sort of my understanding of object permanence in people. (laughs) But how does this affect me, the protagonist of reality? (laughs) Um, She goes to take a bath 
in this labyrinthian household it's very hard to find she walks in on subaru the only one whose name i know bathing which that's that's actually foreshadowing it comes back in the second episode mm-hmm. because he's really sad that now that there's a girl living here he can't just be naked anymore. yeah he can't hang dong wherever he wants <laughs> <laughs> which i mean i get it i would also be upset with that um but their house also seems to have entirely glass walls mm-hmm. so how is this working prior <laughs> it's also got baths on multiple floors Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. If not attached to every bedroom. Yes. Yeah, because hers is broken, so she has to go wandering through this maze to try to find the another bath that works. Yes, the entire fir- second half of the first episode is just this poor girl trying to take a bath. God, she's... She's getting blocked by horny <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> Which leads us to... No homo. Yeah, Subaru follows her for a reason I don't remember if it's even... It, he follows her afterwards, after their encounter, and... She runs into the twins again, and they really play up the fan service for the Fujoshi, who want to see brothers kiss. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, no homo, we were just rehearsing for a script because we're both voice actors. Yeah, they're they're professing who... their love for one another in a very um, situationally unique way. It's not gay incest, they're just voice actors where they play gay incest. Yeah, so it's okay. And she is so supportive, which is something I really appreciate. Yeah. She really is just like, okay, cool. Like, I wish you happiness or something. Yeah, she congratulates them and then runs away. And then they're like, oh, surprise. No homo. Yeah, it wasn't. It's fine. No, we still definitely want to bang you. Yeah, don't worry about it. You're still on our list. <laughs> and then, um, that's the last that's, note I have. Yeah, the episode yeah, just kind of much, ends. That's pretty much where it ends. Yeah, they just kind of are like, wow, isn't it so wild? That this is our life now, and then it just ends. Yeah. One thing that I just want to slide in here real smooth-like is the background music is pretty good. It yeah. seems like probably each of the boys has their own, like, theme that plays in the background when they're doing something. Yes. And a couple of them have some pretty neat sax stuff going on. I like saxophone. I do not, so I, I kind of just tuned it de- tuned it out. One of the boys also has, like, a really cool, like, percussion riff in place of the saxophone i need to start paying attention to the musical cues i guess i was just so in awe of like the concept that i i tuned all that out i guess to me the 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 character designs her character design is really nice that's the reason why i tried to watch this show seven years ago the boys run the gamut of passable to like absolute trash fire yeah passable to nondescript to garbage which uh classmate who's in love with her i think he's really scraping the bottom bottom of the barrel there with those little <laughs> twin rat braids. tail braids yeah <laughs> he's got the normal anime spiky hair boy haircut and these two little straggly braids yeah he also looks like he sort of wandered into the audition when he was looking for a different show <laughs> yeah yeah there's no cohesive I'm, I'm glad you picked up on the musical cues i didn't but like i'm glad you did because the show's art style they're all drawn in the same style. Which, by the way, the profile designs are horrendous. Really? I think they're okay. I really can. I Something about it is, is just visually unappealing to me, the way that they're drawn from a side profile. I kind of like it. The front prof- profiles are really nice, and the three-quarters angles are fine. But regardless, there there's no, like, cohesion with this cast. Not only amongst the brothers as far as making them seem related in some sort of way, but just the design and the, the costume choices, they're all over the place. Mm-hmm. It There's, seems really strange. In a way, and I'm wondering I'm wondering if this will become more apparent as the show goes on, I think they kind of hint at it in the ending sequence, where they seem to kind of break the boys up into little subunits. And I think there's a through line of color palette in each of the subunits. Okay. Because you got your boys, like the twins, who are mostly like silver and black with mm-hmm. like a kind of a magenta accent. There's a couple of them with completely neutral tones, neutral mm-hmm. color palette. Yeah, there's like a neutral pastel set. The um, the two that she meets when she first gets off the bus, they fall into that. And then there's the doctor and the hairstylist. The blondes. Yeah. And then um, there's... Uh, you have your neons. Yeah, the, the Buddhist monk and classmate guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, I, I guess that, that would make more sense. But it's... when you line them all up like that, like the opening does, <laughs> it's just... They look awful in a group it's shot. a very 
busy show. It's it's really maybe that's why chaotic. The, the backgrounds are uh nothing. Yeah, they're pretty minimal and they're really not much to look at. Like for as grandiose as this hotel house that they live in is, I would expect the the backgrounds to be a little more making yeah. an impression. It seems pretty utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get to the next episode, we get another cold open. I think that's going to be a theme. Yeah. And they're confessing that they like her because she's not like other girls. <laughs> I don't I know how that. she's not like other girls. She's she's our delightfully flat, cardboard, generic protagonist. But all I guess other, that in itself is pretty unique. All the other girls aren't related to us. That's true. She isn't like other girls because they are family as the main character chi which i'm pretty sure she's gonna say in every episode uncomfortably reminds us just in case you forgot this is pseudo incest yeah i mean that's presumably if you started watching a show called brothers conflict tagged reverse harem on anichart or my anime list or kitsu or whatever your site of choice is uh and you see one girl with 14 boys in the background You have to know what you're getting into when yeah. you start watching the show. I would love to be surprised. I feel like that line before the opening starts is just to, like, shoo the normies away. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, that really sets up who they're looking for in terms of audience. If if you're not drawn in by that cold open, then the show is not going to have anything for you. I wonder what time this show aired when it was on TV in Japan. That's a good question. I guess it would probably depend on the network. Maybe we should look into that. It would. Ha- I would assume that it is aimed towards teenage girls. Mm-hmm. That's what it's coming across. Not just because they're all in high school, but because a lot of animes take place with high school characters, but because of the very horny, but not explicit Mm -hmm. There's actually a a scene in episode two where they could have gotten super horny with it and they turned it into a little kiss. Mm -hmm. So they're holding back. Yeah, instead of a a palm full of titty or a face full of titty, he just like landed directly on top of little grandma peck just very gently. (laughs) (laughs) It, It wasn't even a kiss so much as they just like breathed each other's air for a second. Okay, we're starting at the end and working backwards. Oh, God. Okay, anyway. So episode two, two starts and it is Subaru's birthday. Yeah. He is turning 20, which is a big deal because in Japan, you were legally an adult at 20 and not at 18. And more importantly, you can drink at 20. Which is the most important thing. Which is the thing that happens in this episode. Yes. Is his brothers get him drunk. Yes. So she comes downstairs and there is a brother who is a chef and he is making them breakfast and lets her know that it's at some point whether it's this morning or another morning i don't know because time's a blur in this hellscape i do really like the background detail that they have a calendar that he checks while he's making breakfast you have this family is so big you have to rsvp to each meal yes which i guess that makes sense if you have one person who's responsible for a bajillion of you. I like little details like that that sort of address the logistics of how batshit this is. Yes, that's that was a nice touch. It's Subaru's birthday. She asks if there's anything that she can do to help, and he asks her to make a cake for the party. So that is the thin excuse for a plot that we have in this episode, is that she's going to make a cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and make a cake she does, but not before she goes grocery shopping for all the ingredients. And apparently then, it takes, uh, I don't even know, like six grocery bags full. Full. Like to, swollen shopping bags. For one sheet cake. That Well, it wasn't a sheet cake, but for for one cake, that was a lot of grocery bags. Yeah, and, and she, she collapses d- in the street. No, she doesn't collapse. She sits her ass down. <laughs> <laughs> You were so upset about this. In the middle of the street, just sets all of her grocery bags on the ground and just sits down in the middle of the sidewalk. And mopes. Mopes out loud. About, about how athletic Subaru is. Yeah. Not even the, the, the place I would have gone with it, which was, why the fuck didn't any of them come and help me? This is their brother. No, she starts she starts this self-pity party of, I'm struggling so hard to carry these. Subaru is so athletic. I bet he would be able to carry these with ease. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, you're gonna have to nut up, girl. You can't carry six grocery bags. Those, those are pathetic numbers. Also, like, what kind of household is feeding that many people, like, every single day and doesn't have staples like flour and sugar? Basically, all of or the eggs. He- all of the heavy stuff should already be accounted for. You would think. She should have, like, a bag full of frosting and candles. 
So she so she sits out in the middle of the street. She's crying because she's not even really crying. She's just sort of whining. Yeah, moping about how athletic Subaru is, and he overhears her and then ducks into an alleyway and does not help her. Yeah, he overhears her, gets embarrassed because he feels too flattered. And then skedaddles. By the fact fact that he's a pro athlete and she thinks he's athletic. And instead of helping her with all those heavy groceries, he just just fucks off. (laughs) (laughs) We meet back up again with them. The cake has been baked. It is the birthday party. Classmate guy is weird about it. Yeah, he doesn't want to eat the cake. I think what they're going for is, like, I'm so in love with you, I can't bring myself to eat a cake that you made for another man. See, I interpreted it as, you've worked so hard on this thing, and I'm so impressed with it, that I can't eat the thing that is the product of your hard work, because I'm so impressed by it. It would be destroying the thing that you created. Hot dating tip. If anyone you care about makes you food, that's the wrong attitude to have about it. The child wants to eat the cake. And is scolded for that. And is scolded for it and then goes and apologizes to the birthday boy. They have the birthday party. It is, like, no importance whatsoever. Yeah. Because that's not the the point. The only significance that the birthday party serves is a couple of the brothers pour liquor down the birthday boy's throat. Yeah, they they get him drunk. And it happens so... Does it show them drinking? I don't think so. I think it's implied. Because he starts acting weird and then they brush it off with like, oh, he's just had too much to drink. Yeah, I don't think they show it. And I think part of that is probably because of that. That also leads me to believe that this is for a young-ish teen audience. This aired not at the witching hour. Right. They go to bed because the point of the show is not the plot like nobody gives a shit about it's the birthday they don't care at all they could have done this whole thing she could have made them breakfast it would have been the same thing yeah the show is very slice of life even for a slice of life show she goes and is wandering around the halls like a victorian ghost (laughs) (laughs) and overhears the brothers loudly talking shit which you never had siblings, so like yeah. you didn't experience that. And unfortunately, that was me. That was not my brother. He was the better sibling. <laughs> you just find out your siblings' deepest, darkest secrets and then shout them. Yes. Within earshot of the person they are secrets about. Yeah, so she's like standing over this balcony thing and they're ribbing Subaru about how he must like her and he gets defensive and is like, no, I, I don't. I know clearly we're all horned for this girl, but not me. Which it's weird that. Her red classmate. They don't really give him shit about it at all. So he must be a very impressive secret keeper. Yeah, I'm thinking it's partially that. And then during the exposition we get about Subaru in the elevator, Julie says that he's serious. He's a serious man. I don't know if that's the reason. Yeah, that's expecting a lot of um, continuity from this show. She overhears and she goes and runs to mope in her bedroom about how she must really be getting in the way. She just sits on the floor. She does a lot of sitting on the floor in this show. That seems to be how she processes a lot of her feelings. Mm-hmm. So, I also, if I had that terrible bedspread, would not yeah. be in bed very much. Yeah. Hang on, real quick. What did we say before, when we watched this the first episode a couple weeks ago, that like they stitched her a blanket out of their jizz socks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talking about how like it's a house full of like 14 mostly teenage boys the house has to a smell funky (laughs) and b they gotta be like pulling just socks out of every couch cushion and they show this horrible patchwork bedspread and that's the only thing that we could think of is that they when she was passed out from her fever they hurriedly stitched together their love cloths. Yeah. So Subaru comes to apologize for the mishap. Apparently drunk. Apparently drunk. And he bows. And Too hard. His football instincts take over. Because <laughs> he just tackles her to the ground. Yeah. And that's when we get the moment, the... um Yeah, the aforementioned moment where he falls on top of each other. He falls on top of her in traditional anime fashion. Yeah, very classic. As you do. But there's a twist. He does not get a palmful or a faceful of titty. I have to applaud the show for that. I was very impressed. Yeah. I feel like that would be, like, that doesn't appeal to girls, I don't think. No, it really doesn't. It we still see it. It wouldn't make sense in this show, even though 
what I was saying is this show gives off vibes of being a regular harem show of one guy and many girls, just with the genders reversed. Yeah. Just by virtue of how forward it is directly out of the gate. Yes, and, and I would be really interested as an aside to watch more run-of-the-mill, one-man, many-women shows, just mm -hmm. to kind of compare how they are tonally, because I am under the impression that a lot of reverse harem anime is more on romantic buildup and less on sexual buildup, though there well, is a lot of that in the show. Harem anime centered around boys tends to also lean a lot more comedic. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very slapstick and beating the shit out of your milquetoast, boring main character boy of, like boring main character surrounded by a bunch of girls who have these fairly extreme personalities. Yeah, in the reverse we get characters like the pop star who is just emotionally abusive, which we, we get more abuse though it's brother on brother, mm -hmm. when it's implied that the twins murder <laughs> Subaru, the, maybe? The twins find Subaru collapsed on top of Chi and drag him out of her bedroom by the, by the neck yeah, <laughs> or by the wrist or something. He's out. And then the next time we see any of them, the twins are sitting on the couch, just chill, and Subaru's legs are like sticking out from behind the couch, motionless. Which gave us the idea that we're going to pitch to the director of anime. Yeah. Dear Mr. Anime, we have a suggestion. <laughs> so what if we had a show where there was this reverse harem situation, a too many boys situation. And they get into the house and then all the walls shudder. And suddenly, <laughs> keep going. Suddenly we're in a Danganronpa battle royale for our cardboard cutout protagonist. Because in these shows, nothing that she wants matters. She has no desires or thoughts or anything like that. She will be equally as happy with any boy. Yep, or in this case, she seems to like not even entertain the possibility, which makes sense as they are her new siblings. Yeah, yeah. Sis. Her response to any of their approaches is sort of a vague skepticism. Yeah, and so I, I think that that would be a wonderful idea to have a grotesque battle royale. Yes. And the, the winner takes protagonist and wins the story. The so winner gets either to fuck her or to marry her, depending on who your target audience yeah, is. Yeah, I suppose. So that's about it. That's the end of episode two. Uh, not a whole lot going on just yet, and yeah, I suspect really. it will stay that yeah, way. Yeah, I have a hunch. Like, this isn't gonna build to anything. No, I don't think there's gonna be any drama. <laughs> there's, there's gonna be some back and forth. Some will they, won't they? Yeah, it's just gonna go back and forth. She's gonna ping pong around. The game is gonna load each of the boys back in as required. <laughs> and then something nondescript will happen, but they'll play the, like, a piano rendition of the ending theme very softly mm -hmm. in the background. Yes. Like, it's a big emotional conclusion. They will have a speech about how they're all real family, I assume, because they won't be able to, they won't be able to default back on true friendship. Mm -hmm. It'll be familial love. And then the credits will roll for the final time until you get to the OVA special, which will invariably be much hornier than anything that was shown in the main show. Because, Ooh, it doesn't, think? because it doesn't have to air on TV. That's interesting. It, it might be. They're usually just bundled with the Blu-rays. Oh, okay. Interesting. interesting. Usually the that OVA bonus episode for these 12 or 13 episode shows is just completely off the wall and usually way hornier. See, I'm uh, the with the type of anime that I typically peruse, I don't ever really get to the OVAs. I just kind of finish the series and I'm done with it. See, I went through, like back when this came out from like 2013 to 20... 16, when I was actually watching seasonal shows, mm -hmm. most of them are like 12 or 13 episodes. So I just, I watched the special just because the show wasn't very long and the special was there. Nowadays, when I'm, I'm usually going back through shows that have come out recently or have been recommended to me, usually shows that are already done, I typically don't bother to watch the specials. Yeah, I'm, I, I suppose we will have to, because this is so short, we'll have to give it a watch. So, Best boy? Worst boy? Give me your rankings as of so far two episodes deep. Honestly, two episodes deep, they're all pretty much non-entities. I guess for best boy, I would... For now, I'm gonna have to default to uh, Popstar Futo because he is um, a garbage person. Okay, which yeah. Which, that, that can be my bag sometimes. I know that appeals to you occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. Worst boy? 
Worst boy, um, worst boy, worst boy. I know my worst boy. I guess for now I'm gonna go with like the twins as a unit. Really? Yeah, I just, it, it's overdone and nothing, like everything they do or say to each other or to her is something that I have seen before. It's so generic that it's passable to me. Really? Mm-hmm. I, it be, for, for exactly that reason, that it's so overdone that it just doesn't even register for me anymore. Oh, and the child doesn't count. No, no. The child is not a boy. The... <laughs> no. Child is just a character in the way that Julie is a character. Yeah. For me, the best boy right now is... It was Punchy McGlass's face twin. <laughs> the... The, the black-haired twin. The black-haired twin from the from episode one. But by the end of episode two, it's now actually Subaru because he is calm and quiet, and I appreciate that energy. <laughs> he's, he's not calm. He's a pro athlete who can't hear someone call him athletic without hiding in an alley from being too embarrassed. But he hasn't... <laughs> he hasn't tried to finger-pop her yet, and so you know I'm gonna take it. <laughs> it's... So he's my best boy because he respects women. And my worst boy is that horrendous Buddhist monk for the exact opposite reason. <laughs> you have anything else you want to say about what a bad Buddhist he is? Or uh, are you just going to leave it at that? I'm going to leave it at that. Maybe I'll go back through my like class materials and get a refresher and then I'll come back prepared. If you ever start, like, you're just sitting at home one day and you start to feel angry about something, you can record a bonus episode that's just yeah. you. Point I'll... by point, why he's such a shitty <laughs> I'll Buddhist. funnel all of my energy towards this. So I guess that concludes our episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it went about as well as it could. It can only get better from here. Yeah, I think we're a little rambly, but we don't have a script or anything, and that's just sort of who we are as people. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's just kind of a taste of what these conversations devolve into. So I hope if there's anyone out there in the apocalypse listening that you enjoyed. If not, I understand. Please send me your hate mail, and I will read the best one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you're going to send hate mail. You're going to have to do it through Kitsuda.io because both of us don't exist on the internet anywhere else. Please make no attempt to communicate with us whatsoever. All right. If Bye. You... <laughs> Bye. <laughs>